Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas. I have such exciting news. We get to learn a couple of things. I'm excited because the Amiga Way Academy is back. And so I just wanted to let you know a couple of the things. So here's the thing, amigas. So I am offering some free masterclasses. They will be starting April 26th in the evening and April 28th and April 29th. They're at various times and I would love for you to all join me for these free masterclass opportunities. And so what are they about? So here's the thing. Here's where you get to learn how to rewire and unblock any culture limitations that have been holding you back from living your epic life. So what do I mean by that? You know, the thing is, is that as a first generation Latina, I can personally attest that we've been trained to ask permission first, then act, not to ruffle any feathers, not to speak out of turn, and many, 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 many limitations. And so I've been able to rewire and unblock those limitations using what my formula is, which is the Amiga Way formula. So I'd love to hear and see you there. I have three opportunities. It's free. And so without, you know, any, any hesitation, just sign up, sign up and show up and we get to learn from one another. And remember that anything is possible if you put your mind and soul into it. And, you know, if you have any hesitations that you don't have any time, that there's no money, well, it's free, number one. Number two, hey, there's various opportunities to attend these free masterclasses. So make sure you sign up. I have in the show notes, the link directly to sign up for one of those three classes. So I will see you there, amigas. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am always super excited, especially given that uh, we had a beautiful event on March 18 here in downtown Los Angeles, and I heard so many amazing things so much feedback. And I thought it was super important for us to bring back one of our speakers. She was on our wealth panel. Oh my goodness. Her story is amazing. And I think, no, not I think, I know that it will resonate with many of you out there. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Lupita Garcia Rugerio. And um, she was born and raised in Mexico City, Mexico. She is the middle of three siblings. Being the daughter of an attorney, who's also a judge, has provided her with stellar leadership skills, honest work ethic, and experience that she currently uses to look out for the best interests of her team 
agents, and clients. Lupita is bilingual, English and Spanish. She is a real estate producing and managing broker. Her 18 years of real estate career has given her valuable skills that she uses daily in assisting her agents in real estate negotiations and educating home buyers and sellers. She encourages her team to never stop learning and loves to help them grow. She has earned the CRS GRI designations as well as her notary public license. Lupita knows everything about location, value, property types, pricing, and zoning. She loves her job and enjoys meeting new people every day. Many who become her friends. She's a mother of two beautiful daughters who are her support in running this uh, successful office. Lupita enjoys reading, dancing, bike riding, playing volleyball, karaoke, and shopping, all while having flawless makeup. She definitely has flawless makeup. I love her. And so she works at Caldwell Banker Leaders, and she's extraordinary. She's an immigrant who not only has a real estate brokerage firm, but she also has a mortgage brokerage firm. I mean, this woman is a powerhouse and I am so elated that she gets to be here on this podcast so that you can learn that her journey was not an easy one. But rather than me telling you about it, how about we have her talk about it? So without further ado, this is Lupita Garcia Rugerio. Welcome, welcome, welcome Lupita to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you so much for the invitation today. I'm so honored to be part of this podcast and uh, and I'm here to help in any way that uh, it's possible to empower other women to achieve their dreams. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Music to my ears, for sure. <laughs> so, Lupita, you know, this podcast is heard all over the world. And so many people probably won't know about you because it's heard all over the world. But let's get to know who Lupita is, where she came from, because I know you live here in the United States, but your story doesn't begin there. It starts where you were born. So tell us, tell us about your family, your upbringing, and where you're at now. Okay, awesome. So I was born in Mexico City. And uh, I came uh, to this country when I was 20 years old. But just to back up a little bit, when I was born, my father was an attorney at law. And my mother was a stay home mom by conviction, because she also went to school, she was a bilingual secretary. And uh, but she didn't want to work, she wanted to take care of her kids. I am the second child of three, the middle one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <my> brother, <laughs> he still resides in Mexico City. And I have my sister that she also works for Coldwell Banker Leaders at the company. And um, we, um, as growing up, we were like a very close family. My mom all, always empowered us to do the best and be the best. And she always was there for us mm-hmm. to create this type of mentality with, where you have to strive for number one, nothing less. We were like a medium class family. We went okay. to a public school. I was going to public school. And, uh, and when, once I graduated from La Secundaria, you know, like yeah. high school, something like that, yeah. middle school, I will say. My mom took me to this school, uh, one of the best schools in Mexico, Escuela Bancaria y Comercial, where okay. I did uh, my career and I have a background in accounting in Mexico. I wanted to go to Tecnológico de Monterrey, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I wanted to go. But my brother was the, had the privilege to go that. To go, to go that route, right? I mean, it's always the guy. Always the guy. <laughs> that must have, that must have, like, maybe made you mad. Yes, it did actually. Right? Yes. Right. Correct. Like the 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 double standards, especially in Mexico. Yes. That the boy gets first pick. Yes. Which is sad. It's Correct. sad. Yeah, wow. and he was uh, very smart, and uh, and as of today, he still is very intelligent. I mean, like uh, I can I don't have words enough words to describe how intelligent my brother is. But when I graduated from the high school and I wanted to go to technological, my mom said, no, because you are not going to get the full scholarship and the school is really expensive. 
So we will offer you this school that it's also the best school, but you are have to go to one of these technological careers. And then uh, because one day you're going to get married and you're going to be staying home mom and you're not going to do more than that. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I want to talk about that because it's already beginning. The molding, the limitation starts really early in Mexico and it does here as well. But oh my did you think that that was going to happen or did you have other other dreams? Well, probably I thought that in a way that will happen, but I didn't see it like uh, happening right per se because I said my brother is really intelligent and I'm too, right? I mean, he's yeah. a sports player like uh, in Mexico it's like a 10, yes. Yeah, uh, in here it's a plus plus, right? And I got that too. And then I said, why I can go to that school, right? So it kind of frustrated me, but I went to that school and I excelled too. Yeah. So I did so well. And uh, and then when I was like a 19 years old, it was so funny. I was dating this guy that uh, I met at the school, right? And he was 13 years older than me and no. he wanted to marry me. And uh, I don't know, sometimes life and God and the universe and things happen in mysterious ways that uh, he went to ask my parents for my hand. And I was going to get married already. We had the church and the venue and everything was already done. And guess what happened? So all of a sudden, I get a letter from the United States from a guy that is the father of my kids. And he invites me to come over. And I said, how did you hear about me? And then he said, oh, because I saw you in a video from one of your family members, your aunt and your uncle. And I said, what? And then he's like, yeah, I want you to come. I'm going to pay you for your ticket. And I want to meet you because you're really beautiful and you seem really smart. And I said, no, you're crazy. I'm going to get married. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, don't get married. He's an old man. Your uncle already told me about it. Please come over. So guess what? I don't know how did I pull it together, but I canceled my wedding and I came to with my uncle because he was residing here and my the father of my kids, now my ex-husband, right? Yeah. And then uh, I stayed here. And then uh, I was 20 years old. My father and my mom cried. Why did you go there? We give you such a great life, you know. We push you to do the best that we could offer you. And now you're going to stay in the United States. You don't have any family. You don't have no one. Your uncle is just your uncle. He's going to live with his family and his wife. And what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm in love. And I'm going to marry this guy. And my mom and dad said, no, you're crazy. And I said, no. I said, but see, this happened so fast. That in six months from when I came here, I was married. And then by the same time, I was pregnant. And then, I mean, I came here in December of 1991. And then by May of 1992, I was already married. And in June, I was pregnant of my first daughter. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It, it was, was like, it was like flash, flash dances, like boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then that's when the story actually begins, because this okay. is what happened. So there is Lupita that had everything in Mexico City, a very good life, a very good family. You know, everybody was presa in my surroundings, you know. You know how that goes, right? Yes. I mean, yes. Happy hours and then karaoke. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Oh, my and God. <laughs> you come here, no family, no English. So back then... I didn't have, I had a really good grammar. I can write, I can do essays, I can do everything in writing. But my pronunciation was bad. Like I couldn't speak it. Even to go to the store, nobody back then, I mean, I'm talking 30 years ago, will speak Spanish. I mean, I will have to really literally read what I wanted to say and speak really slow so people will understand me. So then that is part of my attention because I said, wow, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm really young. I don't have my family. What am I going to do? Right? So my sister-in-law said, oh, come over, work with me on the garment industry. We're going to get you a job where they're going to pay you $3 and $75 an hour. Uh, When was this? (laughs) 1992. Oh <laughs> and then they're going to be cutting the needles. Uh, how do you call it? No, not the needles. The, 
what is it, the thread from the blouses? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So I remember that day, and you have to picture this. I was standing up in a line with full of women, yeah, right? Yeah. And then for eight hours straight, because they they didn't even give us a break to go eat. I mean, my break was 10 minutes, and I, I have to go back. And then I was standing on my feet doing that labor. And when I got home, I got fever. I was really sick and crying like a brave baby. And then I called my mom and I said, this is what happened to me. I said, I don't know. And, and there were no cell phones. We couldn't afford a cell phone. So I went to a pay phone to call my mom. And the money that I put in my phone, I mean, I was, it was only two minutes call. And I remembered her words so clearly in my head. Lupita, we didn't send you to school for this. Really? You're going to be doing that kind of job? Go to school, learn English, and use what you learn here in the, in the school, you know, in the Escuela Bancaria y Comercial, and yeah. go get a real job. Because yeah. we didn't raise you to do that. Right. Your father is really mad because you shouldn't be doing that. And he's, and he's the judge, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, so it's, like, I, it's, it's like me saying to my daughter, like, yeah, go get a labor job. And I'm being a lawyer. Like how that does not register. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. And, and then I said, and then she's like, uh, you need to come back home now because we don't want you living there. You have a home here. Your brothers are here. Your friends are here. What are you doing there? Your whole family, your world is here. But then that's what happened so they worked and then I said you know what I'm gonna show my family that I can make it happen I'm gonna go to school I'm gonna listen to my mom I'm gonna quit my job and then I'm gonna learn the language that's the first thing that I'm gonna do yeah yeah so I get home all excited and then I tell my ex-husband and then I said I'm quitting the job oh my god my sister-in-law got crazy and what you're going to go to school. You're not in Mexico. What are you going to do? You need to leave. You need to eat and this and that. And I said, well, I don't care if I eat with nothing. I mean, it's fine. I'm going to make it happen. So I, I enrolled myself in three shifts at the school. I went from nine to 12, from one to four, and then from six to nine. The whole for six months. <laughs> You meant business. You were you were like ready, like, uh-uh, I'm going to make this, you're going to make shit happen, right? Yes. And then another thing that I did, uh, everybody will hang around with the same people with the same language, right? Like my Hispanic friends would hang around with Hispanic women, right? So guess what? I got Chinese friends, Japanese friends, Armenian friends that didn't speak Spanish. So then I had to practice the English so I can speak it and talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was so funny because I will get home and then I will start just reading the sentences. And believe me, in six months, I was already on level five of ESL. Yeah, like I, I believe it. So fast. Like a, <laughs> it yeah. was a fast track. So uh, people, you know, come into your life for a reason. And I remember that uh, I was already with my big of belly, right? Eight months. And my, my ex-husband was a bartender at a nightclub, right? Yeah. He was working night. And then with the tips, we will leave, right? His tips. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, the owner once the owner of the nightclub wants to meet you and he wants you to come over and work as a cashier. He knows that uh, you're talented and that you don't have family and they want to invite you to come over and work. Do you want to come for an interview? And I said, well, I'm about to give birth. I mean, what do you want me to do? And they like, yeah, yeah, you can still go to school and then you can work at nights with me and then we can carpool together. And then okay. I said, okay, let me go talk to them. So they were Armenian. I remember these two brothers. One of them, I mean, sadly already passed away. But the other one, they offered me the job and I just started working night. Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I remember going into work from 9 p.m. at night until actually 7 p.m. until 2 in the morning. With my big old belly, the last month I went. <laughs> oh my god! I get oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I, I'm gonna have to stop you there because, as someone who has been pregnant, the last month is so difficult. Yeah. And so, how did you manage? Like, 
that is just, to me, it boggles my brain <laughs> to even think with your big belly working at this bar and wow, how did you do it? I just had this thing in my mind that uh, I needed to save money and that I couldn't be renting a bedroom because that's what we did. We rent a bedroom from a house and I was sleeping on the floor and I remember me borrowing blankets and uh, we didn't have money. We ate tuna cans. That was my actually lunch. We put the pennies and quarters and everything together to buy, you know, our breakfast that was Cheerios with meal. That was, I mean, everything that we can afford because it was either one or another. We borrow a car to go to work. It was, uh, I remember this car, it was so old that it always had all kinds of problems. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It was, it was crazy the way that things happen. And, uh, but I just had in my head, I cannot be living like this. I mean, if my mom and my dad, they come and they come to see my baby, how are they going to see me living in this apartment? And I don't even have furniture. All I, I mean, by when I was already going to give birth, all I had was a mattress and a chair. And I remember my mom and I, we went to big lots to buy one piece of furniture so we can put the clothes for the baby and the pampers and things like that. So that thing, it was my drive. I said, this cannot be happening. That's how I managed, you know, being with my big old belly and then I still go to work, you know, and I give birth. My mom came. I remember she was like, stop working. You cannot go to work anymore. You're going to give birth. Ah, hija, you shouldn't be living here. I mean, really? You have your house in Mexico. What are you yes. doing here? And then I was like, no, mom, everything is going to be fine. Yes. She slept in the floor with me. I remember she oh. left me the mattress and then she was sleeping on the carpet. And I said, that's not going to happen. I'm going to take care of my mom all my life. I, whatever I have to do, I don't care, you know? Yes. So that's basically what happened. So the baby came and then I said, oh, my God, now we have to pay babysitter because my mom went back to Mexico, right? So then I said, okay, so now babysitter, it is. So I keep on going to school. And then when I went to college, I mean, I, I was going to Montsac already. Okay. I met this, this uh, couple. She was going to be a nun and he was going to be a priest. I remember them so clearly because they both decided to go in another direction and they got married. Okay. But they were such a kind couple that the lady said, look, if you want to succeed in life, what you need to do, you need to spend money in your education. So I offer you for me to be your, your teacher. I teach, I, I taught for so many years when I was a nun. And let's do a one-on-one -on -one English. So you can learn better the way to communicate. So you can express what you want to do. And believe me, you're going to do so well in life. So I remember pulling my money together that I earned, you know, working at night and going to the SWAT meets because by then I was already selling clothes at the SWAT meets and farmer's markets, right? And then I hired her. So she gave me a one-on-one -on -one class for six months. So mm -hmm. I can really articulate. We will sing songs. She sent me to church and I have to do the Holy Mary and the Father, Our Father, everything. I need to learn everything. So then I can go ahead and speak the language. So it took me, what is it, like a year and a half to, to get to that level, you know? And, uh, and that's what I, I will say that brought me to the right direction to be where I am. Because if I didn't have the language, it will be probably three or four times harder to get what I wanted to be, you know? Yeah. Because back then it was different. It's not like now you can get a job where people are Hispanic and then just speak Spanish and then you right. can still succeed, right? Right. But before it was different. So oh, it opened yeah. so many doors. And uh, that's how I came here. That's how yeah. my story began, you know? That, yeah, that's where it starts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. It, you know, what I'm getting the feeling is that I know that you and I had a conversation before we got on and we were talking about just the universe and God and how just makes connections. And yes. it seems like, like the universe was, was playing, like was really on your side, like bringing you this former priest and, and none, you yes. know, and like them coming to your life, then having the 
people tell you, like, you got to go get your uh, an education in, in English, make sure you do that. And it seems like you've been guided by these spiritual guides, if I, I call them. Okay, so now that's so mesmerizing. Now that you're going to Mount Sac, you already did a year and a half. What happened after that? Well, after that, uh, so I didn't want to work during the day because I wanted to take care of my daughter by myself, right? So my daughter was already three years old. And you know, I mean, you you meet people I mean, along the way. And we were raised Catholic. So I found this church in Azusa, St. Francis of Rome, and I made it my family because I didn't have any family. So I met really good people there that still are my friends. And uh, they were so nice and so kind. And they say, you know what? Now that uh, Cynthia is three years old, you can take her to school. You know, in Citrus College, they have this program where you can bring your kid and then you can find a job and then you can work during the time that she's at school. And then you can still have your night job because I was still working for Wings nightclub, right? Yeah. 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 The bar. (laughs) Yes. The bar. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I never, I was never a waitress. I was always a cashier. I mean, I did it. I was always at the entrance. So this is what happened. So I was still working and then I heard about that. And then I said, ay, 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 Dios mío, I don't have papers, right? No. I mean, you need the papers to work. Yeah. Then another angel, right? So the owners from the nightclub, they said, you know what, Lupita, we really like you. And we know that uh, your situation that you have with you and your husband and how sad you are because you cannot go to visit your parents. They can only come and see you. What about if we sponsor you? And then we help you, you know, get your citizenship status. Yeah. And then just find a lawyer and we will do it for you. And I said, What? I mean, yeah, and then you can sponsor your husband. And I said, my poor husband that came first than me, and now you're offering me this. And then they say, yeah, because we really like you. We think that uh, you have really good values, and we like your work ethic, and we see how you write letters, because that's what I used to do, write letters. When we didn't have people coming through the front, you know, I was writing and writing. So I enrolled my daughter in school. I hired the attorney, and everything came all together, like a... My papers came in in no time, six months. I remember borrowing money from people so I can yeah. pay for my papers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I didn't have money, remember? No, I well, the night, and the, it, it was a lot easier back then <laughs> than it is now. But wow, yes. wow wonderful. Yeah, wow. so what happens is that my daughter was going to school, everything happened, and then I said, well, now I'm going to get a job. Now I can work, right? So yeah. I went to get a job. And uh, and I worked for a telemarketing company. It was uh, MCI. And then they said, well, if you're working here, you can work for Ingles in Barreras. And then I said, what? And then they said, yeah, go to Ingles in Barreras. You're very talented. You can speak Spanish. And they sell English courses, right? I mean, so people can learn the language. And okay. I said, really? So I went to apply. And there was me driving from Azusa all the way to Hollywood to get the job. But let me tell you, I learned so much from them, their culture and their sales training that helped me a lot for my current career because they pay for a week training of sales. So a lot of the things that I learned back then, I still use it. I mean, even today. Yeah, it was actually really good. It was a week training. So when I finished that, I said, it's too much of a drive. I said, I cannot be driving two hours going in and two hours coming back. I said, I have to think what I'm going to do with my life, right? So then I came back, centered myself, and then I started looking for a job. And then I got this job in Arcadia for prepaid phone cards. I remember that. It was so nice. And then he said, you know what? Prepaid phone cards are going to be a big thing. That was back in 1997. And then he said, I want you to be the manager. And I said, manager? For who? Just you and I? Then he's like, (laughs) (laughs) and then he's like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and put in money to open a corporation. And then I want you to create a design. So I designed a card with a poster and everything. And we will distribute those prepaid phone cards. I will say with 200 stores. He put the idea and he believed in me and we use my Hispanic skills and my Spanish language 
to create a, the card that it was called, one of them, it was direct call, but the one that had a lot of success was called Si Se Puede. And I used to have the pictures. I even had my daughter on the on the front of the prepaid phone card. Oh, how cute! <laughs> With that little Chihuahua dog that we used to have. So it was so nice. So Cindy is still in the in that. I I still keep some of them as memory. But uh, it was so nice because I said, "Hi." I mean, do you really believe that this is going to work? And then he's like, yeah, we're going to get a T1 and we're going to put it in L.A. So we had our T1 on 6th Street in L.A., in downtown L.A. He only speak English and my English was, remember, I mean, it was good, yeah. but not as yeah. good as it is now. Right. Right. But uh, he believed that I could do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the bigger companies came in, AT&T, Verizon, they bought the small companies like our company. And then I was still working in the nightclub. And then I, the, the company was already like diminishing. He got an offer to be bought up. So I said, what am I going to do now? I mean, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have my second kid, right? I was yeah. of my second daughter. So then at the nightclub, I met this person that it's another angel, right? That said, yeah. um, Lupita, what are you doing here? I mean, you're so smart and you are so uh, talented. You already work in sales. Get into real estate. Come on. I mean, just get into real estate. I'll teach you. I'll train you. And and what and when what date is this? When, what's the year? 1998. 1998 to 1999. I okay. would say that I work on the prepaid phone cards like two years and a half, almost three. Uh, from 1996 and a half to 1999, and then I I met her, but she was begging me so many times, like I do it, do it, and I didn't yeah, want to. Yeah. So she right. told me 1998, 1999. I took the opportunity, and then I said, okay, let's do it. So I went in and I said. Let's get our license first. <laughs> so <laughs> then, then there is Lupita listening to tapes, listening to, uh, I remember I was listening to tapes, reading the books with my two kids running around, right? And then I said, I need to get my license first. I mean, if I don't have a license, how can I sell? Right, because right, right. She was, she was so nice that she said, I can sign for you. I can sign your contracts. I mean, she was really nice. But then she said, but it will be better if you have your own license. So in six months, no, I will say like a, less than six months, like a four months, I passed my real estate exam at the first time. At the nice. first time. Yeah. Right. So, but guess what? No clients. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, you know, like any any new business, if you will. It's like, okay. So like as a lawyer, I'm like, okay, I have my license. Now what do I do? <laughs> Where where are they? Where are they? Unless you get, you know, hired by a firm and whatnot. But yeah. but at the same time, it's like like you getting your real estate license, you're like, okay, now what do I do next? Like you start hustling, I guess. Yeah. Knocking on doors because back then it was in the 90s. So that means it was old school. Like we didn't have yeah. Google, we didn't have any of that stuff. We had these books that look like the yellow pages, right? Where right. we have to look for the houses that we were gonna be showing. And yeah. we have to use the Thomas guy to show properties. And yeah. I remember the interest rates were like 10%, 9%. I mean, it was crazy. And to me, it was like, and now what do I do? The computers were this fat and this big, right? And we have to write up the contracts and stuff. And But see, what happens is that uh, then, I, then, then there is another phase because you get another drive. I mean, you start learning. And then I said, well, now I have my license and I'm looking at this purchase agreement and I don't know what to do. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to learn the right way, not only take courses, you know, I'm going to take the six month class for every one of the classes that I need to become a broker because that was my goal. So I said, today is 2000. By 2004, that's the four years that is required. I should be a broker. But I need to be a good broker and to be a good broker that will know what the data is. Because right now you can acquire your broker's license. Back then it was the same. Like you can take courses online or read books and then you're in the door, right? But I said, no, I don't want that. I mean, I really want to go to school. So I enrolled myself in Monsac and Citrus College. And I used to go to work, you know, at the real estate office during the day. And then at night, my ex-husband will watch the kid and then I will go to school from 6 to 9 p.m. 
So it was a four years that I didn't have a social life. It was only my family and my work and church. That's it. You had very specific and measurable goals. And you need to have that in order to embark something new. And so I love what you said. It's like, okay, by this day, by 2000 or 2004, this is going to be about my education to get my broker's license. Like you were committed. And that is super important for me guys to understand that if you have a desire to do anything, you need to be committed and you need to take action. Correct. Right. Like, yes, we we can have goals. We can have dreams. But if you don't, if you're not uh, committed or don't have it very specific, like timeline, you need to be like, okay, by this day, this has to happen. I mean, I think that, you know, as amigas, we, it's so important for us to address those things because we can dream, we can have goals, but that means nothing mm-hmm. in reality until you put action behind those goals and dreams. Correct. Right? And let me tell you, it just happened like that. I mean, it was the year of 2000 when I said that I was going to do that. And in the meantime, like I said, I was just dedicated to my family, to my study, to everything I, I remember my friends, you know, from the nightclub and uh, other friends that I met at a school. They used to invite me for happy hour to go to social events and things like that. And, and then I would be like, oh, no, I can't. I mean, I have to be. And they will make fun of me. They will say, oh, eres un ratón de biblioteca. Y les decía, OK, let me be a ratón de biblioteca. <laughs> <laughs> Así library, es. Así is. House, right? That's why yeah. it's called or something like that. But I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I didn't really care. I, I just had a goal in my mind. So on, the, on that mean period, I mean, meantime, I remember I met this broker. He was so nice. He's still alive. He's on his 90s now. But he sit down with me and then he's like, you know, I see a lot of potential in you. You know, I can be your rent broker if you want to open your office. I think that you have the potential of doing it. You need to make some investment. And, you know, I think that you have the leadership skills that are required. Let's do it. And then I said, really? And then he's like, yeah. So then I went ahead and opened my office. And my first office was called the CMR team. And that was open in 2002. Yeah. So uh, I started designing with my own creations and ideas, my systems like, uh, oh, we need files or we need this. And since I have my mom's and dad's background, right, because I remember my dad, you know, he used to have his own office in Mexico, too, where he took some cases from clients. I remember having his organization and things like that. And I took that with me, you know, to bring it to my own office. So it was like a really nice when when I brought my dad and my mom, I remember the day when we opened the office, they were like, a, wow. And then how did you come up with this idea? And then I said, well, I really wanted to make you proud. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted you to see that I didn't come to be just like an average person. I wanted to be successful and for you to feel like I did something, not my brother only. I did it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, they were so happy and I was so happy that I was able to show what I did, you know, yeah. to them. Right. So I got uh, this friend that came and said, oh, Lupita, another angel, right? 2002. She comes, works for my office for one year only. But listen to what she left me with. She's like, ah, Lupita, you're doing good. You're a realtor. Now you can do loans too, because back then you didn't need a license to do loans. She's like, ah, you need to get involved with an organization that will give you a designation. You cannot be the average realtor. You have to have other skills that people will look up to you. Get your notary license. I know that you're working on your broker's license, but there is an institute that it's called e-designations in Pasadena where you can get your GRI designation. And then from there, you can become a CRS. And from them, you can become a CNA. And then you can become a CSRES. And then you can become like, a, she brought me all of these things and opened my eyes. And then she's like, I'm going to go with you. And then she came with me and we got enrolled together at the GRI. And I remember us carpooling every month because it took us 12 months to get the designation. 
And then she's like, are you ready for your CRS? I'm not going to persuade that because I think my job here is done. I'm leaving. And oh, my she, God. She, she's still my friend, let me tell you. But that, those were her words, and I will never forget them. I saw her, like, a, I would say two years ago. And then mm-hmm. she's like, a, I knew this will happen. I don't know. I don't know how. Don't ask me how. But that, that's what she said. My job is done here. You're on your way. Oh, my God. That is like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That yeah. is so incredible. It I is. mean, you know, I've gotten hits like that where – I've had many angels in my life in physical form. And it's so powerful when it comes from somebody else to tell you, like, my job has been done. Mm-hmm. That's right? exactly what she said. Exactly. And if so it wasn't powerful. for her as of today, I will say my eyes will still be just a realtor or maybe shot like uh, there was nothing else. Yeah. And I learned so much because let me tell you, when I got enrolled into the CRS, I met so many successful people, like uh, many brokers across United States that brought me into this organization that it's called Star Power. And from there, our business duplicate, triplicate, quadruplicate. I mean, it was amazing Like uh, because, because I learned what successful people did. So I learned that I had to role model other people that were successful. Why should I be thinking that I can just invent the wheel when it's already been invented, right? So that's yes. what I did. Yeah. That's a very important point to make. You need to model other people that you aspire to be and learn their skills, their hacks, their tips, their habits, their everything. Yes. You know, I think um, oftentimes there's uh, many people out there that instead of supporting and helping, and admiring and modeling, you break down people. And that's not the way to go. It's so important for us as Latinas, as amigas, to understand that if you see a success, successful person, you want to be near their circle. Yes, I, I always say we're the average of the five people that you are with, or hanging out with, you know, correct. and, and um, proximity to power is amazing. And you were there. And it's so important for for amigas out there to understand that um, model the success of other people. Correct. Right? Yes. I completely agree with you. And I was so happy that every year after year after year, I went to the conferences that they had all over USA. I mean, we were traveling. I remember I went to Arizona. I went to Colorado. I went to New York just to be at the Star Power Conference and the CRS Conference year after year so I could come back home and bring skills that I learned there. So Mm -hmm. it was so great, you know. We were able to go from zero people, zero clients. I'm not talking about agents yet. I'm just talking about clients in our database all the way to, I have right now 2,500 or 3,000 clients that I have sold houses to in the past. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Just by implementing that, it was like great. I mean, they taught us about the importance of taking care of other people, like and not ripping them off, creating creating clients for life. That is so mm. important, you know, people that will feel that you're sincere when you want to be part of their family. I mean, that you're not just there for the commission check, that you really care for them. And let me just share something with you on that sense. Uh, it's that uh, um, their culture was so important for me, you know, as a human being that I remember selling houses in the year of 2001 to this older woman that she passed away last year, but she was 60, 62 years old. And um, I sold house, houses to her own daughters. I mean, her daughters, her grandchildren. I mean, I'm part of their family. I mean, I, I love them to that. I, I just closed a refinance for them a week ago. People will find you that you really care, you know, and that's the culture that I learned. You know, yeah. and it feels so good. Like uh, she was like, a, I remember like a, when she was 82 years old, 83, she said, hi, Lupita, now you're selling the houses to my grandkids. Uh, <laughs> it's like a funny. And I said, hi, Doña Irma, 
Thank you so much for trusting me. All of these years. No, you're like my daughter. I mean, don't don't say that. So it was so nice, you know. Yeah. Those, yeah. those things you treasure. Like, uh, and I can have uh, stories like the one that I just shared with you from many clients, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can completely agree with you because I've helped out, like, I help out one client and then she gets married and then I help out the the other relatives and like the friends and, and they're like, Oh my God, Jackie, I've been looking for you. You changed your phone number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I mean, it's, it's when you make an impact on people, it's wonderful to see it's a boomerang. Like you make the impact and it comes back, you make the impact and it comes back. And it's so beautiful to see that. And what that's so wonderful. that, that, That you have that you created that culture. Right. Yes. And just because I think that I had it inside me, but I didn't know how to implement it. And then when I went there and learned, I really liked it. You know, I like to be happy every day. I like to help other people. You know, we have challenges during the day, especially in real estate. I mean, everybody that is in real estate agrees with me that it's a really stressful career, you know, because you have so many pieces of the puzzle just to accomplish one goal. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we like. And if we have passion, then we just have to scramble everything and get our job done, you know? So I I really like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what I have found with real estate, with individuals that work in the real estate field is that they really enjoy it. It's really, they have service at the forefront, at least the people that I surround myself with, like Veronica, like my goodness, this woman is all over the place, but she's the same person consistently being of service. And this is what I have found in this real estate world, like you, Lupita, now that I know you, that you are a person of service. And that is, and I feel like that is like one of the, I think it's, um, I would say it was, it's the one tenant that I think anybody who's in sales needs to, instead of say selling, we're servicing, we're serving them, right? Always. Always. And you have to truly care for your clients, you know, I mean, like uh, you have to put yourself in their shoes and and think about like their emotions and everything that is going through their minds before you can think about getting your paycheck. Right. I mean, if you do that, the result will be like really good. You know, it will be rewarding. So let me let me just tell you. So I got my broker's license in 2004. Right. Mm -hmm. I went the first time I was already four years in the business. And then I said, I I'm going to pass it easy. There is not going to be a problem, right? Because, oh, no, I'm in real estate. I have my office and I've been studying and going to college. I go place my exam, boom, fail. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, I, Lupita, this is just a reminder from God that you have to study like you Mm -hmm. did before and you have to put your effort, right? So I went back, take the exam again, and then I got my broker's license in 2004. So the market and the economy was going great. Oh, big five. Oh, yeah, we got these designations. And now we're bringing agents. Because what is the the dream for the, I mean, I will say 70% of the brokers is to have an office, right? Their own office. And to be their own boss. But then you take a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. I mean, it's not like just being a a realtor. It's different. I mean, you need to understand that now you're going to be managing what other people do for their clients. Before it was easy because it will be just my transactions and whatever I did, I knew I did it right. But what's going to happen now when you have 20 agents under your license, right? Or 30 or 40 or 50, right? How many do you have right now? A hundred, I believe 125 and yeah. Oh my God. I know. Oh my yeah. God. Last count. Uh, Nelly just certified the last one this morning, but uh, I believe we're at 123, including broker associates and uh, and salesperson. And we also have the mortgage company, remember? On that company, okay. we also have like 17 loan officers. We just opened Jeez. that one two years ago. Yeah. Wow. And, and this is spectacular because just to put us in perspective, you know, you started with one, meaning you. Right. And now you have hundreds, yes. which is, inc- and you're an immigrant. Yes. And you, so 
it just goes to show that this is the melting pot here. This country is the melting pot. If you really want it, you can definitely go for it and make it happen. Correct. Right? I completely agree with you. And there is no other, I mean, way that it can be done. I mean, if you have las ganas and you believe in yourself, you believe in yourself that you can do it because, I mean, we all have the talent. I mean, it's just the willingness of doing it or not doing it, you know? Right. It's like when you're working out in the morning, right? I mean, you get up and you say, I'm going to work out. Oh, no, tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Oh, the next day. Oh, no, I'm too tired. Oh, I couldn't sleep well. There is always going to be excuses for everything. And then you're going to find a way to tell yourself, I cannot do it. I'm going to start on Monday. And today is Tuesday, right? I mean, you can do that. I mean, you, you will be fully in your life and then just taking the steps back every time. I mean, you just have to move forward and say, I'm going to do it. If I'm tired, if I'm sick, if whatever it happens, I don't care. I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible what you've created and you continue to create. I mean, you are still like busting your butt, still making those transactions, still honoring your contracts and recruiting agents to be a part of your team. Correct. Yeah. Wow. And so how does one become a part of your team? Just, you know, for some amiga out there who's a realtor or, an, or a broker who wants to be a part of your team, how does one uh, start to do that? Well, we have uh, Nelly. She's uh, our director of growth and uh, she's the person that actually interviews every agent that comes into the office and wants to join our office. Everybody has to have the same culture that we have, you know. Mm -hmm. In here, we work. We like to play sometimes, right? But at the end of the day, is the service that we like to give to our clients, you know. We believe in having this kind of atmosphere where we have the teamwork environment. I mean, it's good if you make $200,000, $300,000 a year. I mean, it's okay if you're number one, but you were number zero one time, right? I mean, you, you didn't have anything and you have to be humble to remember that you were there one time. So when Nelly interviews people, she basically sees if they have the culture, you know, that it's going to go ahead and go along with the company because I cannot be here 24 seven, right? Or Nelly or the staff, right? Now we have eight people on the staff here. And um, we cannot be here all the time. So if you encounter an agent, I mean, you have to help each other, right? Like, uh, what are you doing? Are you doing an open house? I mean, are you door knocking? I mean, come over, you know, I help you, you know? I mean, there is different ways that everybody can lift each other up. So that's basically number one. So they meet with Nelly. Nelly sees, you know, oh, they, they can be with our culture. They're going to be a right fit for us. No? Now, number two, then we have a training program for all of the realtors that want to join our company. I mean, we have onboarding programs. We have a, a level of different agents. I mean, there are people that have the skills to be team leaders, right? So they have their own team, I mean, within the company. We have other ones that are solo agents, right? That they just like to be by themselves, right? And then we also have uh, people that are brand new agents. And we have training sessions every Thursday here at 11 a.m. where we train agents like when I started and I didn't know anything, right? So we can train them to do their job, I mean, for the future. So it's simple. And, and let me just tell you, I mean, I'm really happy to be part of Coldwell Banker. Coldwell Banker is a great brand. I love their culture. They've been in the industry for 116 years. And that was one of the, I mean, greatest decisions that I made to be part of that culture because I really like how they think, how they move, and that what sets them apart, you know, from everybody, just, just the way that they, you know, embrace their agent and their, their brokers, you know, and help them grow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's super important to be a part of a culture that is very supportive. And I love that you said that the first thing is that they, they can vibe in the same culture. Because yeah. I think we get in a position where, where we get to decide like, okay, well, you know, I need the help now. So I'm just going to get somebody. And we shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't do that. There should be some sort of, uh, like you said, culture or some sort of mission statement, mission purpose in the company. Yes. Correct. And that person needs to fit that purpose, that yes. mission statement. Correct. Beautiful. I mean, I love this stuff. 
So we always put down like from our guests where they can find you. So they can, where, where can they find you? Well, we have uh, three websites <laughs> where uh, we have the Coldwell Banker website. Basically, it's coldwellbankerleaders.com. Then we also have the second website for mortgageleaders.net. And then we have nationalleadersescrow.com. So we became like a one company with all of the services. That was a dream that I had that uh, one day we should have everything. And I have to just add into this podcast that um, nothing of this will have happened. I will say, number one thing, it's the help of God, right? And, uh, and the second thing will be my family, that uh, they were my drive, my daughters, you know, uh, they're so important for me. And now I have two granddaughters that I love them to death, you know, and I have a great team of people working around me, you know, every day. I mean, this is this, this wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the agents that I have with their culture and the motivation every day. I mean, the staff, Nelly, you know, she's been working in this company for 21 years. You know, my, my sister, I mean, I'm seeing her every day, you know, I mean, seeing people succeed like Rosita, you know, Rosita, right? Yeah. And, you know, the beauty of how these people really care about helping buyers and sellers. So I really wanted to add that because I think that uh, if Amigas are listening to this podcast and they want to hear something is that we all have a motivation of why we get up every day, you know, and my motivation is everything that I just mentioned because they're so important for me. I mean, and, and I make them feel like that. I, I make sure that I tell them every day because I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I just want to make sure that before I go to sleep, my kids know that I love them. My grandkids know the same thing. My mom, you know, and, and the, the agents here, when I see them, I show it to them. I just don't fake it. I really care for them. And I really feel happy when I see them. Oh, how beautiful is that? I want to come and work for you now. Oh, that's so amazing. So, you know, one of the things that I always ask my amigas if they could provide one or two tips on how she can handle her shit. Do you have a tip for us? Uh, yes. I will say that uh, uh, we all women go through ups and downs, you know, and especially our emotions sometimes are more different than guys, right? Yeah. I always, and people always make fun of me, go for a walk, right? Yeah. Like uh, if I don't feel good, I'm not going to bring that around people that are here. I share my office with Nelly, right? Imagine if, if my day is not going right or I'm not feeling right. It's just, it happens, right? So then what do I do? I get up and then I go in a walk and I meditate. What is happening? How can I resolve this? What are the options that I have to, to be a better person? If I want to cry, I cry, but I, I just cry by myself. And that's how I handle my shit. That's how I do it, right? That's one tip. And another one, I mean, never bring it around people because it creates a bad environment. I mean, we all have that day and that day is going to go or that hour is going to go. So just handle it, you know, alone. I mean, like uh, if you have a very good friend that you can talk to, it's okay. But I mean, just don't create a bad environment. That will be one. And the second one that I always use, I mean, I try to work out every day like, uh, because when I sweat and I'm in listening my podcast and, and then I read and then it just makes me feel so much better because my day, it's a happy day. So if I did my workout, I had my green juice, I read, I read the Bible, I meditated, I said thanks for everything that I have. Then that's how I handle my shit because <laughs> what happens? Then I go out the door and I'm a new person. It's seven yeah. in the morning and I feel like, oh my God, the day is here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. I love all that. I mean, I think, I mean, I tend to do that myself and, and I, when I don't do one of the things that you just mentioned, like either if I don't meditate, I kind of know it in my body that it didn't happen. If I don't exercise, I keep beating myself like, why didn't you exercise? Uh -huh. You could have exercised instead of sitting on your lazy butt and watching TV. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I completely agree with you. I love your your tips and amigas out there. Please, 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 you know, make sure that you do exercise, make sure that you do meditate and just be happy and kind and don't bring your mess in the office. Uh-uh. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Yeah, you because know. this can happen, right? I mean, we're here talking and then maybe something went sideways in a transaction or an agent came with a bad attitude or a client, right? What do you do? I mean, don't go in that level. I mean, just pause, get out, walk, breathe, <laughs> say yes. thanks for everything else that we have, right? I mean, there are yes. so many blessings, right? And then when you turn the bad into good, I mean, the negative into positive, what happens? I mean, you will see the results are so different. I mean, and people can tell you here, they say, why are you so happy? Maybe you're just faking it. And I go, no, I'm happy. I am. (laughs) Why shouldn't I be? (laughs) Yeah. Well, because you have implemented these traits in your life. Yes. You know, and that's why. That's why, because you have learned that these are they're very simple, but they're really good mm-hmm. and really important. So I'm very grateful to have you here on Amiga Hand Leadership Podcast because I think Amigas need to learn from everyone, from all walks of life, and learn that that anything you want in your life can be ha- can happen. Like mm-hmm. there's no excuse, no, no excuse, Amigas. No, no hay excusas. Ninguna. No, I. <laughs> no, I. No, I. Thank you, Lupita, so much for being here with us. Thank you for the invitation, Jackie. I really appreciate it. And if any amigas need my help in any aspect, I mean, I'll be more than happy to help them. Ah, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, Please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.